the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul is pointing to them the example in the person of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And so in verses 8 and 9, Paul is saying, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here again, use the word grace. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And that, beloved brothers and sisters, speaks volume. Because the only way that God's people will be able to abound in faith, abound in utterance, abound in knowledge, abound in diligence, abound in love towards one another, also abound in grace giving, is when they realize that it's not the commandment that by force to give to the things of the Lord and to the need that exists around God's people, it ought to be done after recognizing the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. Notice that, though he was rich, he, Jesus the Messiah, is the eternal Son, the eternal Son of God. He is according to the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And then we read, if you remember in John chapter 1 and verse 3, All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made which was made. In Him was life, and the light was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. He is that eternal one. In John, later on in chapter 1, verse 14, we read, And the Word became flesh, He became a man. But not only that He became a man. He is the one that was born, as Isaiah said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He is the one that was called to be the one that is the wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He is that eternal one who is God, who is the mighty God, the Father of eternity. And yet at the same time, he became poor. How he became poor? He entered into this world. He became a man. And as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. Obedient, even he went all the way to the cross, as we read in Philippians chapter 2. As we read, being in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, and that is the death of the cross. This is exactly what the Apostle Shaul Paul is emphasizing here both in uh, from uh, the fact that he, the Lord Jesus, is the eternal Son, Isaiah 9, 6, John 1, verses 1 to 3 and verse 14, who became a man and became poor and uh, ultimately have gone uh, to the cross where he died 
for the sin of this world so you and I can become uh, rich. You remember what Jesus the Messiah said according to Matthew chapter 8. The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In his life he had nothing. The foxes, they have holes. The birds, they have nests. But the Son of Man, Ben Ha'adam, he is the Son of Man that had nowhere to lay his head. But even more, beloved brothers and sisters, he went to the shameful cross, paid for our sins. He died. He was judge. The just one for the unjust, you and I, in order to bring us to God, in order that we might become rich. This is a, a reminder that grace giving is given to us by the example of what the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, has done when he came down to this world to give his life a ransom for many. And so as the Apostle Paul is emphasizing these beloved brothers and sisters, he is now in the next verses, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10 to 12. He's speaking about this grace again. The giving is a, it has to be done willingly just to learn from the people of Macedonia who, although they were going through trial of affliction, yet they abundant, abundant in joy. Although they had deep poverty, yet they, they were rich in liberality. And so in the next verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and here in verses 10, 11, and 12 we read, And herein I give my advice. Paul is giving the advice now to the Corinthian believers. For this is expedient for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago, one year ago. Now, therefore, he's saying to them in verse 11, now, therefore, perform the doing of it. In other words, they were promising in the past that they will do so. They began before to do so. They began to do so. But now he's saying to them in verse 11, now, therefore, complete it, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, the Corinthians needed to fulfill their commitment. In other words, already in verse 6 we have read, inasmuch that we desired Titus as he had begun. In other words, in, they began, when Titus came to them, they began to assure that they will give and be part of this special uh, gift that was given to the believers in Judea. Paul is saying to them now in verse uh, 10 that they need to fulfill their commitment. Why he's saying to them, notice there is a different <coughs> beloved brothers and sisters between promises and uh, fulfilling the promises as we read here in verse 11. Now therefore perform it. Do it. 
Yes, you have promised, but follow through. And so you notice that he is encouraging them to follow through with their promise of giving to the needs of the uh, believers in Judea and to follow through with their promise and to do it with a willing heart and willing mind. That's what we read in verse uh, 12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath and not according to that he hath not. You notice that Paul is not forcing of them to give what they don't have. But in verse 12 he said, it is you know, accepted according to that which a man hath and not according to what he does not have. So Paul in these beloved brothers and sisters, in this verse uh, uh, 12, he's emphasizing the fact that uh, one is to give as according to what he has. Doesn't it remind us the willing giving of what happened when the tabernacle was built years ago in the um, in the wilderness you remember what we do read in the first few verses of exodus chapter 25 when moses have asked the nation to bring uh, for the building of the tabernacle the nation of israel it said that the lord spake unto moses saying speak unto the children of israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly notice that the word for willingly comes from the Hebrew word uh, asher yedvenu libo. In other words, um, uh, it's following these words, what he has willingly, what he has in his heart. With his heart ye shall take my offering. And he gives us the list and so on. And you can see later on we read that the people brought willingly that he had to stop them from bringing any more because they have given too much. And that is so interesting that in this portion of Second Corinthians chapter 8, Paul says in verse 12, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, to what a man hath, and not according to what he hath not. You see, God is not going to force anyone, but it has to come out of a willing mind. In Second Corinthians 8, verse 12, willing mind. In um, Exodus 25, verses 1 and 2, willing heart. It has to come from the heart and from the mind, beloved brothers and sisters. And so as the Apostle Paul continues to speak about this grace given, in verses 1 and 2, giving in spite of difficult circumstances. In verses 3 to 4, grace giving should be done with joy. Verses 5 to 9, grace giving is uh, as an example from the grace of God that was shown to us as an example in 
in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. And then grace giving is when we give willingly. Giving has to be done willingly out of the heart. And so the remaining portion of Second um, Corinthians chapter 8 in verses 13 to verse 24, grace giving uh, must be done by faith. Trusting that God will use the, uh, the giving for the ministry of the work of the Lord. So, in these next verses, the Apostle Paul continues here in verses 13 to 24, and you notice what he's saying. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye burden. In other words, when you give, it's not in order that you will have burden and others will just have an easy time and will not work, will not take responsibility. Of course not. That is not the purpose of giving. In fact, the giving is in order that the ministry of the Lord, the needs of the Lord will be met. Then he says in verse 14, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their wants or their need, that their abundance also may be supplied for your need, that there may be equality. As it is written, verse 15, He that has gathered much has nothing over, and he that has gathered little had no lack. And so in these verses, 13, 14, and 15, beloved brothers and sisters, Paul is emphasizing the fact that it's not giving so somebody will be eased and you burden, but that a time there is a need that they have, that others have, but a time in life you will be in need and you would appreciate others who help you during a time of need. And he's very interestingly uh, quoting a verse from Exodus chapter 16, and in Exodus chapter 16, if you remember, beloved brothers and sisters, this uh, 16th uh, chapter deal with the man, the manna that came down from heaven to meet the need of the children of Israel in the wilderness. And you remember what we do read in verse uh, uh, 16, uh, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and omer for every man according to the number of your person. Take ye every man for them uh, which are in his tents. When they were gathered the man, this amazing bread that came from heaven, everyone would gather according to the need of his family. Then he says, if you remember, beloved brothers and sisters, in these verses, he does say, in these verses, it says that the children of evil did so. And they gathered some more, some less. And when they did uh, met it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little have no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And so we learn from these verses that God wanted him to trust him and to uh, gather just 
if they needed and to do it by faith. And so in verse 16, the Apostle Paul points to God's grace who gave Titus the heart for the uh, Corinthians. But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care unto the heart of Titus for you. You see, Titus cared for the Corinthians. Somehow, God gave Titus a heart for the believers at Corinth, and he sought to minister unto them and to help them to grow in appreciation of the things of the Lord. To remind us that we read of him already in verse 6 of this chapter. We desire Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Just like the Macedonian have shown the grace of God, it was evident in their life, in their giving. So the Corinthians are exhorted to do the same. And Titus was used by the Lord uh, to minister to them and to develop this in their heart as well. And so we read, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 17, 18, and 19, Titus uh, and another brother uh, together with Paul um, traveled uh, with the grace gift that was given to minister to the saints. Notice there is a brother that is mentioned here that is unnamed. He says, uh, beloved brothers and sisters, verse 17, for indeed he, this is Titus, accepted the exaltation, but being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you. Titus went to, the, to Corinth to receive from them the grace gift for the believers in Judea. And not the, and he continues saying, and we have sent with him the brother, this is unnamed brother, whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. This particular unnamed brother apparently was a faithful brother to preach the gospel message. And not only that only, uh, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. So notice that Titus, the unnamed brother, and other brethren, including the Apostle Paul, with these brethren, they were chosen by the churches to travel and to, to take this uh, grace gift and to bring it to the believers, to the poor in Judea. So nice to see that there is a brother here that is not even named. Uh, just call a brother. He is apparently was faithful in preaching the gospel. And the Lord used him to go with Titus and others and Paul to go to minister the gift to the needy in Judea. So as the apostle concluding this eight chapter, beloved brothers and sisters, Paul wanted to avoid any blame. So he said in verse 20 and 21, he said, avoiding this, 
that no man should blame us in this abundance which is ad, uh, administered by us, providing for honest thing, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. So Paul and all the others went together to show that uh, they are together working and ministering these needs to the saints in Judea, to avoid any blame. And therefore, in verse 22, uh, the... The unnamed brother, another one that is mentioned. So interesting here. It says in verse 22, And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent, diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. It seems to be that in that the brother in verse 22 is distinguished from the brother in verse 18. It seems to be that we have here uh, two unnamed brothers, seem to be insignificant but faithful brothers, and they were used to go to administer to bring that uh, uh, grace gift that was given to them uh, to carry over to the believers in Judea. And finally, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 23 and 24, as we are going to kind of conclude with chapter 8, and in the next time we'll continue with chapter 9 to deal with the, uh, with the grace giving as well, continuing with the grace giving, not only now an exhortation, but also in chapter uh, 9 there will be an explanation, an encouragement to give to the things of the Lord, in chapter 8, we have a summary comment about uh, these men that have gone. Notice that it says in verse 23 and 24, Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you. Or our brethren be inquired uh, of, uh, they are the messengers of the churches, and the glory of Christ. If somebody asks about these individuals, here they are. Titus is my partner. The fellow helpers, they are the ones that are, they are brethren. And they, they are fellow helpers. And they are messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. And here, beloved brothers and sisters, in this eighth chapter, the Apostle Paul is emphasizing the grace giving. And he said, number one, he said the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus the Messiah, is the one that was rich, who became poor, that through his poverty we might be made rich. At the same time, he began that eighth chapter by setting the example of the believers in the local churches in uh, Macedonia, and specifically Philippi, Thessalonica, Perea, the believers there, he set them as an example that they were the one who, though they've gone through trials and affliction, and though they were poor, Yet their joy was evident, and they were liberal in their giving and their support of the things of the Lord. 
and they have done it willingly, and they have done, they beseech, as it says in verse 4 in the beginning of chapter 8, they praying us, they um, uh, uh, beseeched us with much entreaty that we would receive from them the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. What an example, beloved brothers and sisters, we have in the believers in the churches in the assembly of Macedonia. Thank God for such an example, beloved brothers and sisters. And above all, the greatest example that we all need always to be reminded of uh, even when trials coming our way, or when there are things that are good in our life, always to remember this amazing truth and to know of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, that though he was rich, yet for our sake, Paul saying, for your sake, he became poor, that ye, that you and I, my dear friend, through his poverty, when he became poor, we might be rich. And the richness that he's speaking here, beloved brothers and sisters, the wealth that we receive here, according to this text, is not so much the physical, the material wealth that we receive, but the spiritual and eternal wealth that we receive is the forgiveness. We received forgiveness from the Lord who forgave our sins and gave us spiritual wealth, eternal wealth, that we will eat in eternity will be with the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior and the Redeemer who gave himself for us. So, beloved brothers and sisters, with this we conclude Second Corinthians chapter 8. May the Lord encourage our hearts and help us because uh, we need the help of the Lord in every area of our life, which is including the area of grace giving. God bless you. Until the next time, we say Shalom, Shalom.